Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Are you ready for another week of Growing in Grace? I hope so, because we're here to do that. Uh, Mike Kapler, my name. Joel Brzezinski right over there, about five miles from me. We're doing this through Skype, as we have been doing for a number of years now. And you can find our past podcasts at growingandgrace.org. Lots of them there to sift through. Put them on your iPod or whatever works for you while you're out on a walk. Uh, it might just help change your life and give you the the right perspective, which uh, a lot of people struggle with. Well, we're here to help with that. Joel, uh, once again, be- glad to be back in the saddle with you. Really good to be back. And if someone's like an old timer like one of us, you can hook up your cassette deck to your computer and put it on a tape and listen <laughs> to it that way if you don't like M- these newfangled MP3s. It's <laughs> yeah. always something different I- to do. Does anybody still have eight tracks out there? <laughs> oh, the old eight track tape. I had uh, my aunt had Gre- uh, the Grease soundtrack on eight track, and I got Frampton. Uh, Frampton, um, what's that? Comes Alive or Frampton Alive? Something like that. Oh yeah, Peter Frampton. Yeah, that's, uh, that's classic stuff. Someone gave that to me years ago, and I had no clue what it was. It just sat there. I never listened to it, <laughs> but now I love the stuff. Wish I still had that eight track. <laughs> and something or to play it in. Download it all. Exactly. Can download it all. Actually, I watch videos now and then, and uh, I haven't bought any, but that would be good to listen to in my van when I'm out driving. Now, you see, videos, they're against my religion, so I don't watch those. Videos? Man, I grew up on videos. <laughs> I'm kidding, really, but. But, you know, that, that, the, the, I think the point there is religion. that uh, sometimes people say, well, I. That may be okay for you, but it's it's not right for me. And and uh, look, you know, we're, we're free in Christ. And last week, Joel, we started talking about some things about the Scripture, certain verses in the Scripture, the way the Bible is written. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, just go back one program and, and check it out. We're going to kind of go from there into some more specifics on that, because if you don't understand your identity in Christ, it's easy to get confused about certain passages of Scripture, and it's easy to get things taken out of context when you're just reading a verse and plucking it out and attaching it to another verse, and pretty soon you've created your own doctrine. And it may or may not be one that has a lot of truth in it. So one that comes to mind, Joel, and, and this, is a, uh, this changed my way of thinking completely, uh, and that is to understand that Jesus under the New Testament, when, when Jesus showed up and he was born, Mary, Joseph, the whole story, and then he, he grew up and started his ministry, this was not the beginning of the New Covenant. I, I know people get that confused sometimes because the way our Bible is divided up, you've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. But the New Covenant had not begun yet, and Jesus was operating as a prophet under the Old Covenant. He was teaching the law to the Jewish people. This is how he functioned uh, in his ministry. Now, of course, under the New Covenant, we are no longer under that law that the, the Jews were under. I'm not going to go into the specifics of all that. But one example out of all this, Joel, is during the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus was not necessarily talking personally to you and me under the New Covenant today. He was talking to those people right then and there under the Old Covenant, and he was expounding upon the law. It wasn't a new teaching on how to live the Christian life. He was just trying to show them what the law demanded and that they could not keep it. And one of the things that he brought up in there was that in order for you to be forgiven by God, 
you would have to forgive others. If you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. And a lot of people carry that into their Christian life, and that is absolutely wrong. As Paul said in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. So see, something that has already been done is that we have been forgiven. It's complete, it's done. As Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And so now Paul is just giving us an exhortation, not a wag the finger command that says if you're not forgiven, or I'm sorry, if you, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. It's not that he's saying that. He's saying, look, you're already forgiven. And because you're forgiven, now forgive others. But you see the difference before the cross with what Jesus said under the law versus what Paul said under the new covenant after the cross. Yeah, it's like we were talking about last week, that uh, if you just pick up the Bible and just start reading, you're going to miss a lot of the big picture. And a lot of the big picture, as you were saying, Cap, is that there was an old covenant, and now there's a new covenant. The two covenants do not mix, but Jesus did come teaching the old covenant first, because the old covenant had a purpose behind that. And you can uh, go to growingandgrace.org and search for old covenant, and you'll probably find some podcasts that we've done on that subject, why there was an old covenant and how it's different from the new covenant. But like you say, that that's not a Christian teaching. The Sermon on the Mount wasn't Jesus teaching Christians. And, and a lot of churches I know that I've been in, I've heard them, everybody together recites the Lord's Prayer. A lot of times they'll start off by saying, let us pray as our Lord taught us to pray, or something like that. But he didn't teach us to pray like that. He taught his disciples, who at the time were under the Old Covenant, and he was still he was still he still had that Old Covenant ministry that he was doing leading to the cross. And so if we read the Sermon on the Mount as a Christian teaching, we do miss the point because, you know, Paul had said in Romans 3.19, whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and the world may become guilty before God. Jesus, like you said, Cap, was giving basically a law teaching for the purpose of stopping people's mouths, stopping people from justifying themselves in front of God and realizing they can't do it. So yeah, when you get to that, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your, your trespasses. If you don't look at that from the context of what Paul was saying, now in Christ, now that the work is finished, that we died with Christ and rose again with him, now we are forgiven and therefore we uh, can forgive others with that same forgiveness that we've already received. It's not that we're forgiving to get forgiven. We're forgiving others because we've been forgiven, like you said. <laughs> yeah, the Lord's <laughs> Prayer is an Old Covenant prayer. Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others, you know, those who trespass against us. That's not the New Covenant. Now we forgive others because we've been forgiven. And that's kind of how the Christian life works. You know, I'm, uh, you know even, even when it comes to loving God, you know, that there, there was one of the commandments in the law right there, Joel. I mean, we're commanded, commanded to love God. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, here under the new covenant, we come to realize that love, if it's demanded of me, is probably not going to result in me responding with true love you command me to love, is it going to be love? You really think so? I don't think so. The reason I have a love for God now is because I've come to the realization and the revelation of his love for me. And so, if I love God, it's because I know he first loved me. 
Yeah, uh, we need to get that guy that did the voice of God in the Ten Commandments when he said, commanded. We need to get that guy to <laughs> put in a sound bite here. Oh, but yeah, you're right. It's People say, well, Jesus said that the two greatest commandments, now Jesus said this, Jesus said that the two greatest commandments are, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so since Jesus said that, then those are commandments that we as Christians are supposed to live by. But again, what were those? They were commandments from the law. You can go back and and read them in the actual law that was given. And I don't have the verses handy, but they they were actually part of God's law in the Old Covenant. And so Jesus said, on these hang the law and the prophets, but we are no longer under the law. And the prophets were pointing to the cross, the finished work of Jesus. It's already been done. And so now on the other side of this, it's not a command. Now, Jesus did say, a new command I give you, as I have loved you, so you ought to love one another. That's a completely different thing because it's not based on a commandment that you must love. It's Jesus saying, you know what? I have loved you so much. You've seen my love. You know my love. Now with that love, turn around and love others. It's something that you're free to walk in rather than something that you're commanded by law to walk in. There's an, It's just a big difference looking at the two different things. Yeah, because somebody might say, well, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's in the Bible, it's true. <laughs> well, there were things that were said in the Bible that weren't true all the time. I mean, the Bible says Jesus had a demon. Jesus didn't have a demon. It's in the Bible, but who said it? Well, the Pharisees might have said it or somebody else. There were some things even said by people in the Old Testament, whether it be David or somebody else who made some statements because they did not have the revelation that we have today, the revelation of Christ under the new covenant. And so they made some statements that may not have been completely accurate and certainly wouldn't have been the the be-all and end-all because they did not have the revelation of the new covenant and and the finished work of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And and even what we're talking about here with this uh, Sermon on the Mount, Joel, I mean, if people think that uh, we should do everything Jesus said, and some might think this is an extreme, but it's right there in the same passage. If your hand sins, if your eye sins, you're supposed to cut it off and pluck it out. And I don't see too many people doing that. So how literally are we going to take it? Is it just going to be out of convenience? Or are we going to begin to understand that there's a method to the madness here, so to speak, when it comes to the new covenant and the old covenant and why God gave the law in the first place, which was to help people come to Christ. It wasn't to try to get people to live right. There's a great story to be told here, and there's some really good news, and I'm disappointed sometimes that we don't hear it in many of today's churches. Yeah, that's uh, me too. And uh, you're talking about some things that people said, even David. Uh, Here's something real quick as we uh, wrap up here that David said. David said several things, in fact, in the Psalms that he wrote. He said, give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I will remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. This has become mine because I kept your precepts, and so on and so forth. He says all these things about the law and about how things are so wonderful for David because of his keeping of the law. But another person who was also raised under the law was Paul. 
And here's what he said. You know, Paul, he would have said the same things that David said until he got the understanding of the gospel. And Paul, as a Pharisee, in Philippians 3, he said, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. According to the law, I was blameless. And he said all these things. But then, here's what Paul said once he understood the gospel. And I think, I can't say this for sure, but I think that if David would have been around and if he would have heard the gospel message and understood various things, because David did have a glimpse of God's mercy and grace, but I don't think he fully understood it. I think David would have said the same things that Paul said, and here's what Paul said, but what things were gained to me, in other words, what things I thought were gained to me, and life to me, and righteousness to me, and all these things, these I have counted loss for Christ. This is right after Paul is talking about how he's a Hebrew of the Hebrews and blameless according to the law and everything. He says, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. And that is just another thing that points out the differences between the Bible says it, and so it must be true, the difference between that mindset and looking at everything in in context because all of it needs the the context of the old and new covenants and and all of these things that we've been talking about for these last couple of weeks we're moving on to next week cap i know that our most of our listeners know that there's nothing that we can do to become righteous it's a gift but is there anything we need to do to maintain this righteousness this righteous standing that we have with god are there any rules that we need to follow anything that we need to do In order to maintain this thing, we'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingandgrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.